Hi, this is Chris Westfall, and this is the Financial Executive Podcast. A little-known provision of the tax code called the Qualified Small Business Stock, or QSBS, is being targeted by Democrats as part of their package for overhauling U.S. budget plans. The QSBS has become a fuel source for tech startups because it allows venture capital funds to pay no capital gains taxes on investment returns of $10 million or more. In this episode of the podcast, we speak with an expert on the QSBS, Christopher Correggio, partner at the law firm of Hanson Bridget LLP in San Francisco, about the fallout of the proposal for both investors and financial executives that rely on their capital. So I, I wanted to start off with the first question. You know, first question to, have, uh, to sort of level set. So maybe you could give everyone a quick rundown of the QSBS and, and what it does. Right. Well, so QSBS, Section 1202, and then there's a parallel section, Section 1040, provide either exclusion or deferral from gain on the sale of qualified small business stock, right? Hmm. The statute came in in 1992, uh, and at that point, there was just a 50% exclusion. Right. And then we ran from 92 to 2009 when Congress increased the exclusion to 75. And then under Obama, the exclusion went to 100 percent in 2010. Uh, and so that meant the taxpayers who got shares after September 2010 and held them for five years uh, could exclude 100 percent of 10 million dollars again or 10 times their basis. Right. So. Right. You know, starting September 2010, people were beginning to exclude a tremendous amount of uh, gain. Right? Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of requirements to get into the QSBS box, right? First, you have to get the shares from a domestic C corporation, right? Okay. Units of pass-through entities like LLCs or S corporations don't get the benefit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got to get this. And furthermore, you have to get the shares at original issuance, so, which means you have to pay cash or you know, get them as compensation for services. You can contribute property as well as an exchange for shares. Uh, but, you know, you have to pay for the shares. So you can't buy shares from a, another shareholder. In other words, like if you get QSBS, right, from your company, and then you sell it to me, I lose the QSBS requirement. Okay. Uh, so, so you got, you know, the shareholders and then the company itself has to meet various requirements. First, you have to get the shares before the company has more, uh, excuse me, it has less than $50 million of aggregate gross assets. Um, that basically means like they can have had a funding round of uh, where they took in more than $50 million. It, it, you, you essentially look at the, the books and records and say, do you have more than 50 million bucks in the bank? At that point, once you, the company crosses that threshold, it can't ever issue QSBS again. Hmm. Uh, so, and that goes to this qualified small business, right? I think right. the point there was to say, you got to get shares when the company is still relatively small. Um, the, and then there's the, uh, so those are sort of objective tests. There's a couple of other small, like the company can't have redeemed shares back at certain times uh, near or at the time you got your shares. But, you know, the, the big sort of question, and this is, you know, until last week <laughs> right. when the, the issues, when we got the legislation, the, the big issue for many taxpayers and companies has always been what is a, the, the rule says for substantially all the taxpayers holding period, 80% of the assets have to be used in an act of business, right? Hmm. 
mm-hmm. qualified trader business, right? The qualified trader business, Congress, in its infinite wisdom, defined uh, in the, uh, by exclusion. In other words, they said you can't be involved in certain businesses like right. health, uh, accounting, banking, financial services, brokerage services, a whole variety of uh, categories. Um, and, and, you know, so it's hard when they, when Congress only tells you what it's not right, rather than what it is. Um, my clients are in the FinTech space, financial services, which is one of the categories. Are they banking, right? Mm-hmm. Are they brokerage services? insurance, right? The insure tech companies. It's interesting though, because so some uh, practitioners and certainly CPAs for the companies will take relatively conservative positions, right? But it's interesting that the IRS has issued four private letter rulings, uh, one in 2014, one in 17, and then we just got two new ones uh, earlier this year. Uh, in each of those, the IRS described a company in one of the listed fields, three involving the health field. And then we just got one involving uh, an insurance agent. And the question was whether they were in brokerage services. Mm -hmm. In all four of the PLRs, the IRS said, even though the company is in one of the listed fields, it's still a good qualified trader business. Mm -hmm. So that was really, you know, we're four for four where the IRS appears to say, if, if you're denominated, one of these services that's not the end of the analysis right, right. rather you, you have to really look to the substance of what that company is doing is it simply delivering medical services like a doctor or legal services like a lawyer or banking services like a traditional bank on main street or you know has the company built some technology right mm-hmm. there's the 2014 plr says which involves a pharmaceutical company says this company used its manufacturing assets, said it's a good qualified trader business because it used its manufacturing assets and IP to add value to its customers' lives. Hmm. And that's the, that's the best language we have to describing what's a qualified trader business. If you've designed, made technology, medical equipment, whatever it is, right? But right. you've built something and that, that technology or device delivers a service in the particular field, you're still generally okay. So, so what maybe you could give me what the proposal is right now that's coming out of Congress. Right. So the proposal coming out of Congress is to basically peel back QSBS, the exclusion, as I said. So in 2009, we went to 75 percent. And then in 2010, we went to 100 percent exclusion. Mm-hmm. As originally we went in in 92, it was a 50 percent exclusion. Mm-hmm. So the proposal is to go back to the 50 percent. Um, so in that way you can exclude gain on only 50, you only exclude 50% of the gain. Right. It's not actually a one for one, right? Because the way you calculate the tax on the taxable portion is you actually apply the collectibles rate at 28%. There's also an AMT add back. Mm. So I think as, as a sort of the, the operating assumptions will go back to a point where if you sell QSBS, you'll pay an effective rate of 16.88%, right? On 10 million, you'll pay right. close to a buck seven rather than zero. I mean, was this a surprise to the industry? Did they see this coming? 
No, it was a complete surprise. Uh, it, it, in fact, the Biden Green Book, we got the, in April, we got the, uh, the administration's budget, right? Mm-hmm. And there was a line in the budget where they said about raising capital gains rates. The budget explicitly said, we're going ra- uh, to raise to 39 right, long-term capital gains. We're going to leave untouched QSBS. Hmm. So everyone was just going along thinking, oh, okay, fine, we'll still, you know, QA. Right. In fact, I published a number of articles, both people saying, look, it's going to be, QSB is going to be all the more valuable, right? Because right. If, if we're taxing capital gains rates at 39%. Yeah. So, so it was quite what, a surprise. What, what do you think changed? Or, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess... I, I haven't heard anything. I, I, my, my suspicion is that the uh, under the Neil plan, um, they only raise capital gains rates to 25, right? Plus right. The net investment income. Right? Mm-hmm. So instead of going to 39, they went to 25. So I imagine they had to fill more buckets of revenue. So they, they went looking for what other, yeah. uh, that is, in other words, I don't know that it necessarily was a policy decision to say, Hey, look, we want to, uh, tax Silicon Valley entrepreneurs more. I think maybe it was, uh, it's possible that it was actually possible, but uh, more likely I, I anticipate they just had to fill that bucket because the Biden proposal got a lot more revenue through that 39% on right. capital gains rate. So, I mean, this is my cursory understanding of it, but it, it's the provision mainly impacts you know, investors in, in, in sort of technology, Silicon Valley, like fast growing companies that are venture capital based. Is that true? I mean, are there other industries that are impacted by this as well? No. I, well, I mean, anything can be a qualified trade of business, right? right? I mean, as long as you meet those criteria. But, you know, uh, I guess most of my clients are, you know, in the fintech space in New York or in, uh, in the Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it, it, it nicely QSBS nicely graphs onto that sort of business model, right? right? Where these guys started this company and then they, you know, they form a Delaware C Corp right, and get the shares right? and then when they get investors. So, yeah, I mean, it's been a real, uh, a real valuable tool for Silicon Valley founders and investors, but mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, I, I want to be, Real clear. I mean, I think there's a, a policy justification for QSBS, right? If you go back and look at the legislative history in 1992, it said we want to give this, excuse me, this break to uh, people who invest in small startups that right. more typically fail, right? Which I, I there's a so there's certainly a policy justification to say, look, if you're going to uh, put your money at risk in one of these startups, you know, where nine out of ten fail you know, maybe you should get some special benefit. Hmm. So from your perspective, um, what's the likelihood of this going through? And, you know, is there a plan B? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't have any idea what's hmm. going to happen. I mean, people are, I think there's a lot of horse trading uh, going on right now, you know, between the House and the Senate. And we're getting constantly new information about what's happening. I, I, so I don't know uh, what will ultimately uh, what will ultimately happen on QSBS. I, I, my I thought is even let's say even 
if the proposal, the provision does get picked up, it's still a pretty good deal, right? I mean, right. you don't pay zero, but right. let's assume long-term capital gains goes up to with net investment income, 28.8. That's what the Neil bill will do. You're paying an effective rate for QSBS is 16.8. So you're still saving 12 right, right. points, right? So I think, you know, it, there's still this, this uh, advantage. I guess the question is, you know, should people get a hundred percent or, or pay, right. pay that 16.8%. And that, uh, that's sort of a policy decision that I don't know the answer to. So, you know, our members are from the company side, you know, they're, they're sitting in management and they're dealing with investors and, you know, this sort of proposal throws a certain amount of uncertainty, uh, you know, when it comes to investors. So, um, what do you mean, what do you think it means from, you know, somebody who's like a, uh, CFO at a startup or, uh, you know, somebody who works on the, on the tax side of a startup, you know, if the plan is adopted, will certain sources of capital dry up? You know, what, what? Yeah. I, I guess if I was a CFO of a startup, I'd be kind of nervous. I, yeah. I, Cause I do, uh, I mean, I, you know, you see now that in the seed round or the series a round, these the investors want a rep that the company's good qualified trader business right right mm-hmm. from the outset um so i think that uh the tax savings through qsbs is kind of built into the um the vc model right right uh and so i it's a real good question i mean will vc stop investing i don't think so right i mean mm-hmm. everyone's looking to invest in the next twitter right, or right. whatever it is um, but it certainly is, it, it may, you know, maybe invest, uh, less willing to take risks, right. Yeah. With the, with the higher tax, you know, and I think for the CFO as well, you know, he's got to appeal to the, uh, investors, but he's also got to keep his founders happy. Right. right. And most of my practice involves actually working with founders, right. And helping prove out that they properly qualify for QSBS. Right. Uh, and so, you know, he's got his CEO, right. And CMO, right. And those guys, they started with no, you know, they lived on ramen for two years to make this thing go. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, for those founders, I think maybe the calculus changes too. So how, how do you, I mean, there's so much uncertainty. I mean, how do you plan in this? I mean, getting back to, you know, what I referenced before, is there a plan B for, for, you know, management of a startup, if, if they're going to see, or is there a managed plan B on the in, investor side? Is there another strategy, a tax strategy that sort of makes up for any losses on the QSP? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, you know, with the tax sets and jobs, tax, we got opportunity zone stuff. I, I think all of that's kind of not really played out as a lot of people at home. No, I, I think, this is, this is really since 2015, when we went to 100%, so this has been seven years, right? Right. QSBS has kind of been an integral part of Silicon Valley investment, right? And so, I, I don't know, it will really change the landscape if we go up to 16.8. But yeah. I, I, in the end, right, I mean, there's a lot of young men and women out there who are going for their moonshot, right? Right, right. And... You know, those are still attra- those are still attractive investments. I don't care what the rate is, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, know, you just uh, have to figure out how to source the right, the right, the right people with their drink. Great. Those are my questions. I really appreciate you taking the time. 
Hey, Chris, it's my pleasure.